0: Hello, and welcome to Geek Speak, the logistics automation podcast. I'm Manas Medicetti, host of today's podcast and head of digital at Geek Plus. We have two knowledgeable guests joining us in the studio today. Our resident expert, Andrew Matsui, who is the senior director of Global Key Success at Geek Plus, and John Sanagate, who is the VP of robotics and voice at Corba Supply Chain. In today's episode, we will delve into the topic of mixed robotic fleets, a group of robots with varying abilities that are utilized for different tasks to enhance efficiency and productivity. Given the broad scope of this subject, we'll be dividing it into two parts. And today's focus will be on how to construct a mixed robotic fleet, the significant challenges involved, and the crucial factors to consider while assembling a fleet. So let's dive right in. Uh, hi, John. Uh, so could you get started and tell us what is a mixed fleet and why is it so important to have one in your warehouse?
1: Uh, yes. Hi, Manas. And hi, Andrew. Happy to be here and join you on this uh, this edition of the podcast here today. Uh, it's an interesting topic. And I think one, when we talk about a mixed fleet, one that's, you know, been historically of great interest to myself and, and others that have, and obviously the folks over at Geek that have been involved in this space and assessing essentially, how do you enable robots that are built for different purposes to perform functions within a warehouse uh, separately and in certain instances uh, in cooperation with one another. So when we think about a mixed fleet, what we're really diving at are those environments where there's different, uh, robots that are built for different purposes, operating in the same environment, and at times uh, operating under some sort of a common software architecture or software platform. So mixed fleets, I think, are are going to continue to be increasingly important. In fact, um, you know, in a past life, before I joined Kerber, I was an industry analyst at IDC, and my area of focus and interest was uh, mobile robotics. And one of the things that we explored and made predictions about going back as far as 2018 was the emergence of mixed fleets, essentially because what we were seeing at the time was this massive growth of a wide variety of robots that are built for different purposes, but are all performing functions that belong within the same environment, meaning a warehouse environment, but you've got pallet movements, you've got case movements, you've got individual product movements, as well as sortation and you know fork vehicles and all of these different aspects of uh, material movement. And you know material movement is where we're seeing the drive for autonomous mobile robots uh, in these environments. And so, as we progress and the market becomes more and more comfortable with the application of mobile robotics in the warehouse we will absolutely see more and more instances of facilities you know, starting in one place of the warehouse, maybe it's each picking and then saying, you know, we had great, great benefit from deploying robots in each picking, what's next for us? Okay, now it's sortation and now it's full pallet movement and so on and so forth. And that's what we're really talking about uh, when we think about a mixed fleet is these different types of robots built for different purpose being deployed within the same environment so how
0: do you determine the right mix of robots in any industry or rather how do you choose the right mix of robots based on a particular industry okay uh, first of all i think uh, there's a difference between a uh, mixed fleet um,
2: when you think about mixed fleet in the whole of the warehouse or mixed fleet uh, inter inter uh, intermingling with each other and uh, interoperating with e- with each other, right? So I, I think we need to think of a scenario where uh, you have like the picking, and then the put, uh, the the put packing, and then the staging, the sorting, the you know all that stuff. And then on the other hand, we have uh, a situation where within the same map or layout, uh, per, uh, so to say, uh, we have different types of robot working uh, alongside each other. Right, so I, I define these uh, mixed fleet operations in, in those two, two ways, right? Um, when we think about that, right, uh, I think that um, basically within the same warehouse doing it uh, one by one, right? In, in the same warehouse, we have mixed fleet, but it's like upper, upper operation and then middle to lower operation. It's it just sequential and it just goes on. I don't think you know, we can already do that, basically right on the other hand if we're talking about a scenario where we have all these multitudes of robots different types of robots doing different operations within the same within the same map side by side then you know that that becomes a whole different story um when you have that right uh, i think it's 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 logical and we need to be rational about it right we want to think do we really want that type of operation first of all uh, I think the end result and the end requirement needs to be the 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 highest priority, right? Um, and oftentimes we find that actually uh, we you don't need multiple robots working in the same area, right? This mixed fleet thing has been you know gaining traction because things like VDA fifty fifty um, these but those are all tailored towards AGVs, right? And what we are currently talking about is the next generation AMRs, autonomous mobile robots, and these, you know, behave and the solutions that are tailored to, to this is pretty different from what we used to use in, in, in intra logistics, uh, where AGV was like the primary solution. So um, I would still say that uh, if if I do get these mixed fleet uh, requ- requests from customers or inquiries I would I would ask them hey what do you want to accomplish at the end of the day and and then go from there
1: yeah and if, if I may Andrew I think that was a, a really good point right Um, you know, when we were speaking previously about the the definition of a mixed fleet and the use of robots that are built for purpose right when we look into the warehouse there's typically different parts of a warehouse that are built for purpose right you've got your high bay pallet stack high bay pallet storage area um you've got your each picking area your packing area and so on and so forth and each sort of quadrant or or part of the warehouse is is using different technology to execute what it's doing so i think that point is 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 certainly spot on right it do you need a mixed fleet or do you need an interoperable fleet a fleet where the robots are executing in parallel and i You know, quite frankly, I think that there's a lot of value here moving forward and thinking about the the workflow execution and the software layer that sort of, um, you know, performs as the orchestrate, uh, the orchestrator of the distribution of work in a facility. And how do you align from a digital perspective, sending work to location A and then location B and location C um, and leveraging the intelligence that allows the software to understand how to interact with different forms of automation and in fact not automation all the time either you know at at certain points in time there's going to be voice interaction on that platform there's going to be rf interaction on that platform the robotic component is built to perform the movement but what about that scenario where you know you're doing a letdown of a full pallet and need to drop that off to induction into a goods to person system, for example. right? We can automate both of those two functions independently of one another. there's There's very little uh, interaction. I think that's where you were going, Andrew, is the the interaction between the robots versus a handoff touch point.
2: I, yeah, I actually resonate with what you just said about workflow um because uh, you know as we move on into this world in a and the era, I guess, of automation and you know automating everything from end to end it all sounds nice but i think there's value to what we have learned in manual operation and in manual operation what we do usually is basically we organize the path of the operation we make it clean and we make it straight as possible and we make it so that there's no redundancy when we're doing all, you know all this stuff now there's some restriction to the uh, because of the warehouse the size or the shape that it's made in, but, you know, the the essence is there. And I I don't think that just because we're automating uh, some of those logics, of course, there's new things that we need to adapt to. But that fundamental logic of trying to organize the operation and making a very straightforward, clean cut uh, path from induction to, you know, shipping and delivery,
0: I, I think that still holds, right? Absolutely, Andrew, makes a lot of sense. So um, we've been talking about the various factors involved in building a mixed fleet, the benefits and when and where it makes the most sense and whatnot. Of course, building a mixed robotic fleet can provide flexibility, reduce downtime, improve efficiency. But from what I gather, it is also essential to consider the types of tasks the robots will perform, their compatibility and uh, maintenance requirements, so could you expand more on some of these uh, common challenges that arise when building a mixed fleet and uh, how they can be overcome?
1: Yeah, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll jump there first. And I think that's a part of where, where Andrew was going there initially, right? What is the, the value proposition of building that mixed fleet? Are you building uh, an operation where there's, you know, standalone execution of a particular process that's leveraging a particular robotic solution a defined handoff point where another solution may pick that up, uh, and so on and so forth. How do you define the workflow? There is certainly uh, a necessity, let uh, not so much a challenge. Uh, what we've seen so far is that oftentimes, you know, th- there's there's two different uh, types of organizations that are operating in this space here today. I think when we look at Geek Plus, Geek Plus is a provider of a broad portfolio of mobile robotics that all are built for some purpose. Uh, but they're built differently. They're different forms of robots, so they're doing things differently, but you know can execute on the same underlying uh, software architecture or software platform. And then you've got your um, you know your sort of single use robotic vendors that have built a solution that's that's tailored for a very particular workflow uh, that may do something that's outside of what a portfolio based organization can do. And so you're adding in, uh, or piecemealing in these different solutions to perform a point function. Um, the challenges then become, you know, are those types of devices talking the same language? To your point, Andrew, you know, are you creating the mapping of the facility itself uh, multiple times, or how do you create a common map and to be able to build the workflow with the appropriate tool set within that same that same map? Um, and then one of the big challenges, there's really, very little standards in the way in which the this this market this industry is built from a digital perspective a language perspective on the robots right and so it becomes challenging in a sense that you can't pick up one platform and very easily create an integration and interface to another at this point in time something that we're um we're seeing in the market something that kerber is working towards as well is a essentially a middleware plat uh, platform that can serve a bit of that function maybe not all of it maybe not the digital mapping aspect but the ability to receive uh work information work packages from the wms make intelligent decisions around where to distribute that work within all of the different workflows that exist within the operation send that work down to the execution layer which would be the robot or the rf or the voice Uh, that work gets executed can come back up into this platform and then standardize the communication back to a WMS. Uh, that piece is uh, historically one of the challenges because what we've seen, as organizations have built up, you know, solution suites within the four walls of their building are siloed interfaces to the WMS, which typically acts as the brains of the operation. That's where your order flows, your inventory information, everything related to executing within the four walls of that building exists, and at times within the, uh, the overall network. And so what you end up with is solutions that are built for purpose, but with very little visibility and ability to interact with other uh, workflows And solutions that exist within that same operation. So that's been one of the bigger challenges that we've seen, and I do believe we're uh, we're at on the cusp of solving that challenge. As you know, organizations like Kerber are building out a platform application that is designed to solve for that problem to allow workflow distribution, uh, orchestration, and management of different solutions based on the skill set of a particular execution solution. Meaning, you know, if a particular Let's, you know, robotic application uh, needs a little bit more uh, guidance in terms of how to navigate, right? The platform provides that navigation capability, but if you go to another solution that's, you know, very strong in that application, you don't need to provide that layer. You just give the work to it and allow the the black box that's residing within the, the execution layer to do its work and then communicate back. Um, you know, I think also another challenge and this is going back to the very beginning of the conversation is optimal design and where those handoffs are, right? Is there a need for interaction versus, um, you know, just simple, you know, hard cut touch points when you're building out a workflow in a mixed fleet environment? I don't know, Andrew, if you uh, if you would agree or have other thoughts there.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, I I. I I basically agree on, I think on the software aspect, I think most of it is driven by uh, this trend of digital transformation, especially in the 3PL industry, where customers are really trying to get the data and really drive their uh, growth and, uh, you know, operations with a a data driven approach. And this kind of comes back into, okay, we need the data, we need a dashboard. And then how do we compile everything together? Oh, the, oh, the, uh the 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 data that are being sent from the robots or we need to collect them and that kind of trails back down trickles down to this you know mixed fleet um discussion also i think um i I fully agree with you john um on the other hand i think i would like to shed another you know you mentioned challenges i think manas uh another aspect of the challenge maybe not software right and it's related to software in a little uh in an indirect way but would be the hardware, right? Where uh, basically right now we have like this multitude. um, Actually, if you look into it, there's hundreds of solutions out there now, actually. Uh, Previously, it was mostly ASRS and conveyors and whatnot. It was mostly the same category, mini loaders, shuttles. But uh, right now, right, there's uh, hundreds, hundreds of solutions. And when that happens, all the hardware actually has different specifications and different uh, mechanisms right so it's kind of hard to bundle that up into one software interface and then to try to um, n- create rational uh, you know solutions where you're min- minimizing the space needed right because some AGVs AMRs require bigger broader you know route path and then some like ours in Geek Plus require the you know very very little path right to go through with the racks and if you're if if you're mixing these fleets on the hardware aspect, you need to kind of conform to the to the bigger, right? Then then what happens is basically you have a lot of redundancy uh, redundancy in space, lost space. You have uh, a lot of uh, things that you wouldn't need actually if you if you use, you know, a singular solution. So this this is you know the reason part of the reason why I in the beginning said you know it should stem from the requirements and what what the end user wants to accomplish is it storage is it is it throughput is it more of an a- automated solution uh, so that they can uh, expect the capacity of the warehouse to a to a certain level or or you know what is it right and uh, in most cases right now the market doesn't really require like mingling fleet on the other hand I think uh, another software challenge uh, would be that basically. Um, you know, uh, all these operations, if especially on the 3PL industry level, right? Uh, where it's the most popular, it's actually kind of counterintuitive because you have to, you know, conform to the end user requirement more and more and more. Um, and you know every project, every RFP, you got to have these uh, end user specific uh, functions. And it's, it's quite impossible to kind of um, gauge all that from the beginning and pre integrate everything into one. Right. So here, here, the trouble is just allocated, I think, I feel, uh, from the AGV to the WCS in the middle layer. So I, I think those are, you know, one, two of the, I guess, hardware and software challenges that I see in this uh, mixed fleet thing. Of course, I see the benefit of doing it, but on the other hand, uh, still
1: yeah andrew i I think we agree on the on that point that you know when you're thinking about a mixed fleet right the the notion is robots working together in concert side by side with automated touch points uh but that the reality of the situation is that within the four walls of a warehouse there's different workflows that require have different sets of requirements you know uh again very narrow aisle high bay pallet storage versus uh, shelf level picking versus parcel sortation uh, to outbound lanes. For, just for a variety of examples, um, you know, oftentimes when we're talking with um, with organizations in in the space with customers and looking at how do we begin the journey, right? We start looking at where the biggest uh, challenge or the biggest objective is for that customer. To your point, what what are you trying to solve for? Is it increased productivity? Is it adapting to a labor challenge? Uh, and what sorts of materials are you handling uh, a lot of times you know as we've all seen in in the mobile robotics space over the last you know several years is the growth in e-com order fulfillment and each handling right as um as picking processes or or fulfillment out of warehouses has uh evolved from you know pallet level down to individual unit level there's more touches uh, therefore there's higher value in solving that problem right because the alternative is to have more people running around a warehouse doing each picking in a constraint in a labor constrained environment and so we start there but then you know those same customers are coming back to us saying you know we're, we're now having challenges getting let's say forklift operators or we've got safety related to fork operators, and we've got various uh, movement related activities that we're doing with forks, whether it's receiving to staging for put away or even full pallet picking and and drop off at outbound locations. Um, And then you can look at sortation. So I think your your point, uh, as I interpret it, is around less of uh, an intermingling uh, mixed fleet where the robots are Operating, you know, in the same space, doing tasks versus warehouse facility design and identifying the appropriate automation that would fit into the various segments of that operation, whether it's full pallet handling, each handling, uh packages outbound, packages inbound, etc. Um, and that I think as we drive towards more and more of these mixed fleets, that, that's the direction I envision these things going. There will be in uh touch points in a sense of potentially robots moving in the same lane, right? If a, if a, you know, a, a vehicle is moving a pallet from wrapping to staging it outbound and there's a, a passage there between receiving to staging for put away, you know, maybe they're operating in the same space and need to have uh visible and digital awareness of one another, uh, but they're not having a, a material handoff. And I think that, um, that's one of the big things that we need to make sure that the market understands is it's not really about an automated material handoff. Although at times we are seeing more and more interface with traditional automation uh, and mobile robots where you've got a robot that's got a conveyor top or a roller top that can distribute or receive totes to a, to a conveyor for, uh, for next steps. But the robots aren't necessarily executing. There's built for purpose areas of the facility.
2: Right. Although I've been, you know, um, kind of negative or um, pessimistic uh, of of this, um, I, I have been cha- highlighting the challenges of mixed fleet. I think um, uh, th- we've actually seen this already happening. Right. Um, this is a trend of the industry, I, I, I believe, where uh, customers are asking for more complex uh, operations to be uh, enabled. I, I think in the beginning, they uh, when the AMR came. They thought it was magic. Uh, it was a magic solution, and then they realized, oh, uh, it's still you know developing. And then a few years later, seeing the maturity of the solutions in the AMR industry as a whole, I think you know that magic, that uh, anticipation towards the magic started to uh, you know rekindle. I think, and uh, we we have these um, different uh, customers asking us for um, mixed solutions, particularly uh, surrounding raptor person plus forklift. Or rack to person plus uh, four-way shuttle, or you know, a rack to person plus something. That is, I think, you know, as a company, Geek Plus also is going in that direction. Where we uh, recently introduced Pop Pick into the industry. Uh, basically, it's an all-in-one solution that can actually basically do that, right? It can um, combine all the uh, requirements, whatever it may be, into one uh, solution, one robot, so that you don't have to actually connect between these uh solutions you can actually do the pallets and everything in one solution also totes and also racks um so i I do believe in the greater sense of things we are maturing Uh, we are uh slowly going there but uh, again i think the maturity of the uh, of the market uh is uh needs a couple more years i think for this to really uh take off i think
0: Thank you, John. Thank you, Andrew, for your valuable responses. I think this is a natural stopping point for the first episode. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and please join us next week, and we'll continue this conversation. When we return for our next edition, we'll spend the episode answering an automation question from our audience. And that question could come from you. If you have any questions for us about automation or robots or the logistics industry, please send them in. We are on LinkedIn as Geek Plus. That's a plus sign. Or you can send your questions to team at geekplus.com. That is T-E-A-M at geekplus.com. Thanks for joining us.